0: Strahl. Strahl. So, (laughs) Strahl.
1: Hey there, listeners! Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared.
0: Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others.
1: This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia.
0: I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans.
1: And I'm Brittany Lemaire. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series.
0: Today in the studio with us is Elizabeth Strell. She's with the Women's Network Resource Group. Elizabeth, tell us a little bit more about your.
2: Thanks, Carmen. Um, My name's Elizabeth. I've been with Humana for a little over five years now. Before that, I worked in public accounting at PwC, and I've had a really interesting experience here at Humana. I started in healthcare services in a financial planning and analysis role and then lucked out to get into mergers and acquisitions, and that's where I am now. And then I'm also running the speaker series, so I'd be happy to talk about that more today as well. The Speaker Series started off in 2014, and our first speaker was a big one. It was Bonnie St. John. She came in March 2014, and she was the first African-American to win two medals in the Winter Paralympics. And so it started off with this great momentum, and we had four speakers that year, and we've had four to five events every year after that. In 2016, we started the TED Talk Series, which has been really successful and over time, we've just become, you know, more efficient in how we plan events. We have less technical difficulties, but still every year just the events evolve, and they're really incredible in that associates tend to recommend a speaker to us, and it just grows from there. And I walk out of every event just feeling inspired, and I hope everyone else does too.
1: So how might one of our members go about recommending a speaker? How can they do that?
2: They could post on Buzz. Uh, that's a great way to get connected with us. They can email us at, WNR, at the WNRG at Humano.com. Sometimes it's just getting connected to me or to any of anyone really involved in the WNRG leadership team. They'll throw recommendations our way, but we, we'd love to hear them.
0: So is there ever a some crazy situation, an example that you can share that, the speaker series just just did not do so well or or I don't know you tripped over the cord and the whole power oh, went off something like that gosh
2: um, oh I know Lessons that learned. that first year we started I'm not going to remember a specific event but we had a ton of technical difficulties mm-hmm. I mean you wouldn't have thought it but I mean it was the people online couldn't hear anything um, you know sometimes just the maybe there was a video and it didn't work mm-hmm. and so it's crazy how just being able to fix those small things now make it it just flows really seamlessly but mm-hmm. that's been stuff we've learned over time Mm -hmm, the technical
1: difficulties thing sounds familiar yeah we've we've, we've (laughs) overcame those challenges so we are very thankful to be recording in the studio today you have a favorite speaker of your speaker series
2: yeah um
3: I'm sure they're all great
2: they're all great and they're all so different um for me there were two that really stuck out so and they were a couple of our first ones so Mm -hmm. Martian Connolly was the first internal
3: speaker well we've already like brought her up in the few podcasts we've had I feel like we've already brought up the backpack and oh really
2: Uh, you did yeah like she did the what's in Mm -hmm. your backpack and what it takes to climb Mount Humana and it was the first time that I you know I thought wow like I can do this. I can I can see my career growing at Humana and she's done it so can I. And then if, you know, you ever knew Marson, she sort of she came off very intimidating and in that event, she was just very real and like opened up about you know struggles she's had along the way and things she's had to overcome and I could just really relate and I really am glad she did that for us because it really started us on a good path too of having internal speakers come and share their story.
3: Well, she she got very real about you know. Situations from f- quite a few years back, probably situations we'll never see that she had to go through being in mm-hmm. a room with all men. And, you know, just that experience and getting that, per- like, perspective was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. I mean, we've come a long way, and we have a long way to go, but hearing where she came from was, was eye-opening. hmm Yeah.
2: And it then was. we also we had B Harris come. I don't know if you know who she is. Heck yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah she's awesome. And that was one of our uh, our second year of the speaker series. She came and told her story, and that event was really special for me because I I wasn't leading the committee at the time, but I was the speaker contact. So I got to meet with B by myself three oh, or four cool. times, which was really neat. And she just has such a great journey. I mean, she started off as a teacher. Then she became a writer and an activist. She was friends with Gloria Steinem. Then she was like, oh, I'll be, you know, an actress and a filmmaker. And then she founded HRI, which Humana acquired, and is why she's still here with us today. And that was back in 2012. So she's an incredible businesswoman, but just has this really interesting background. And I connected with her because I did arts and when I was in high school I was in musical theater and I thought about doing that as my career and then became an accountant
0: and so I was like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> one side yeah. The other side. yeah
2: and so I was like oh wow like you know you can just really you can't really plan what you're gonna do and you can do all different types of things and I just find that really inspiring she took risk mm-hmm. I mean, she
0: went from one extreme to the other Kind of like what you thought you would might be doing, and and now here you are as an accountant. (laughs) But but you know what? You're helping with the speaker series. That's kind of that's not musical theater, but you're in the theater, so it's still
2: creative. (laughs) It's it's very creative. Yeah, and then just connecting to like women and helping them achieve their goals is something that's really important to me.
1: So, So, what year was that? Be Harris? Yes. That was in
2: 2015. So
1: I didn't start with Humana until uh, August of 2016, but I definitely went back and watched this one, and I, I loved it. I have spent my lunch break um, watching that, so it's on our SharePoint site.
2: Go slash WNRG speaker. That's where all the speaker events are posted, and then the TED Talks are go slash WNRG TED Talks.
3: Awesome. Well, and I was going to ask, what's coming up this year for Speaker Series?
2: This year. Um, so we're still planning it. Uh, we have our first TED Talk event coming in May 14th, and it's on how to deal with stress. And it's a be happy and healthy uh, combined event. So we had at the town hall, we did a survey and we asked our members, you know, what do you want to hear? And they chose this event on how to make stress your friend. And it's very different because if you watch the TED Talk, it's about how to change your mindset around stress. And so we've invited individuals that are going to talk about, well, what's their mindset on stress? And then what do they do to, you know, make stress their friend to see it as something that can be positive and help them grow in their gre- careers or personal life.
3: Well, and I was just, you made me think of the snapshot, our WNRG snapshot, and our membership and how stress was like the biggest opportunity we had, and that our, our women throughout the organization uh, report more stress than Humana's general population, which I thought was very interesting. And so this is a very timely and needed uh, event coming up. Great. Yeah
2: it kicks off women's health week yes Uh
0: national women's health week
3: perfect
1: and are you one of the guest panelists on there i am not tara Tara delicia is Is. yes we're so excited i'm really excited too. would you like to share a way that you help deal and cope with stress i work out a lot
2: not and not a lot a lot like two to three times (laughs) a week (laughs) but i have to like it's my stress relief And um, it's really, I'd say one thing I love about Humana with our values and inspiring health, I'm able to use it with my team. So I'm like, hey, I have to get out of the office at 5 today because I need to go to the gym. And if I need to do something, I'll do it online later. And I think having that value, like I feel comfortable bringing that up. And they know that that's important to me and my you know health and well-being and just how i react to stressful situations at work so i i think it's great and so i think you have to find something that you're passionate about i've been doing body pump for the last 7 years you do body I, pump i'm
1: a new body pumper
2: yay yeah. i love yeah. it <laughs> because it's um so it's low weight high rep it's two different songs mm-hmm. that are popular. And since I used to dance, I sort of do, like, the I routine of it all. Yeah. yeah. And I just think you have to find something you like to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never am like, oh, yes, I want to go to the gym. But once I get there, I yeah. I have a good time and I feel so much better afterwards. Yeah.
1: I've, somebody once told me, like, after you work out, you never tell yourself, oh, man, I really regret that workout. Yeah. But then you'll look back like, I really regret not going to the gym. Yes, so.
0: exactly. <laughs> So when you have the TED talk on on or when you have the uh, speaker series on TED talks, how does that work? Do folks watch the TED talk first, or and then uh, the speakers talk about it afterwards, or how does that go?
2: Well, we know everyone's really busy, so we end up spending the first fifteen minutes of the event watching the actual TED talk, and then we have a panelist. We have you know three panelists and a moderator talk about you know the TED talk and how it relates to them and I this actually wasn't my idea it was an idea that came out of I think of you know a bunch of WNRG members said they really like TED talks and they would like to talk about them and Sherry Gabbert she helped um start this and I ended up taking it over and I'll be honest at first I was like I don't understand like I can watch a TED talk on my own time why do I need to have a panel. Why don't I need to sit there and listen to a panel? But I've always come out of these events really impressed because what's cool about it is you have all human Associates on the panel at varying levels. And they all have such interesting perspective of how the TED Talk fits to their life. And I, I just always walk out of it thinking, wow, like there's someone else out there like me who has experienced the same thing. And it just makes me, you know, feel more Engaged with everyone else, and see. Oh, there are so a lot of times people have suggestions on how they handle certain experiences, and I just always come out of there with a few tidbits on, you know, how I can improve, like myself personally and in my career at Humana.
0: Very relatable mm-hmm. to everybody.
1: I really feel like that's also one of the goals that whenever we were brainstorming about the podcast, I really felt that was a main theme that we also had. We wanted to have a new platform to communicate Mm -hmm. also with our membership and really kind of gauge what they want and to focus on you know things that they would like to hear about talk about and so they can always do that on our buzz page let us know
3: Tell us more about your role in mergers and acquisitions.
2: Okay. Um, so I've been trying to think how I was going to explain this. So I was going to talk through maybe at, at a high level, like, what we do. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, what's the mergers and acquisitions process? So I think the easiest way to explain it is it's like a courting, like courting, like in a relationship. So you start off, you're dating people. And this is, you know, where we're figuring out, oh, well, what type of company do we want to do we want to buy? So we work with the business. We say... What's your strategy? Do you need a capability to get to the next level? And then we are out meeting with different companies. We maybe talk to a bank and say these are the type of characteristics we're looking for in a company. And they may introduce us to some. And so after we're dating, we decide, okay, we're going to gonna make it official with one of them. And that's when we sign a letter of intent. And so we say, okay, we're really interested in you. At this point, we think we'd be willing to buy you for a certain amount but you've told us all these things during this dating experience and we need to make sure they're true. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, like when you're dating and someone's like, oh, I'm close to my family, but you've never met their family. This is where you meet their family. Mm -hmm. This is where, so at this point in the job, like I'm doing, I do a little bit of modeling. So it's financial analysis on the company to come up with how much we'd be willing to pay. But then we also do what's called due diligence. So it's checking up on all those things they've said about them. And that exercises more project management. So we have teams throughout the company in HR, finance, IT, where they will get information from the company, review it, and let me know if there's any red flags. So after we do all that and we decide, okay, we're willing to put a ring on it, <laughs> we're, we're committed, we I like, like you. I like this. I yeah, like yeah. This is
0: good. I understand that. Good. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think I didn't really get it until I was in the group. So we put a ring on it, and that's signing definitive agreements, you know, saying we do want to marry you. And it's like a little bit more than, you know, just getting engaged because it's like you're also signing a prenup. You're saying we're going yeah. to marry you no matter what. <laughs> There's yeah. like, well, you'll list out certain circumstances where – you won't have to go through with it, but generally you are saying, we're going to go through with it no matter if any of these things happen. And so after you put that ring on it, you know, you sometimes have to, you know, with the wedding, you get the dress, get the caterer. You, we do that with, you know, you're having to get regulatory approvals. You're having to get shareholders to approve the deal. Mm-hmm. And then once you have all those things happen, you're ready to get married, and that's the closing of the deal.
1: That That makes sense. That is great. That is awesome. So much more light has been shed on on this area of business because I actually looked at like a job role for mergers and acquisitions and was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what any of this is. Yeah, and I didn't either.
2: And it's just, it's it's cool. It's one of those things. It's very
0: intimidating. Yeah, I
2: know. Everyone's like, do you just have such a big ego because of it? And I'm <laughs> like, um, I mean, there's a, some cool things that come out of it. I get really great exposure to our senior leaders mm-hmm. and get to hear how they think about things, which is really valuable. Um, but this opportunity, it sort of was one of those things that fell in my lap that I was looking for a job. Someone I knew knew my boss and said he's looking for someone. And it really does fit with my interest right now in terms of I'm learning strategy I get to deal with some numbers, but then I'm also, you know, working with people.
1: That goes into, like, building your network and building mm-hmm. your set of mentors and sponsors. Do you have any advice for other associates trying to do the same?
2: Yes. Um, so I would say the best way to go about it is in an informal way. I'll never forget when I started at Humana five years ago. My, I was trying to get connected and, you know, meet people, and my manager at the time said well you need a mentor go find a mentor and I'll, I'll never forget I was like I don't know anyone and so I went and asked someone who I'm still I, I love to death and I was like Sarah um, would you be my mentor and I'll never forget she looked at me and was like well <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm the best person for you you know it was so awkward it was just it is but I thought that's what I had to do and so never I've heard that before like never ask someone to be your mentor. Um, it's more – to me, it's better to, like, get to know people. And so I'll schedule – if there's someone I want to get to know, maybe just be like, hey, can we get coffee or lunch sometime? But I would say my mentors have been more min- informal people I've met. Um, and I think that WNRG mm-hmm. has been great for that.
0: Yes. Um,
2: Yeah, it's like a lot of the women you meet, it's like now I'm comfortable having these like difficult conversations about, oh, here's what's happening in my Mm -hmm. job. And, you know, maybe before I had someone outside of work I could talk to, but they just didn't get it. So I think it's, you know, meeting people, um, getting different perspectives. I have some people that I do know outside of work that I was sort of placed in a formal mentor program. And I do think hopefully the WNRG can improve our formal mentorship because that cuts out some of that awkwardness so like will you be my mentor <laughs> you know I if like you that. are set up with someone that is good for you and you can see how it'll work
3: yeah i know with with my mentor It became more just part of the conversation, so I was going, in practice, I was going to her anyway to get some advice on things, but eventually I started, like, working it to the conversation, so I was like, oh, thank you for your, you know, your time mentoring me, or, you know, like, just Mm -hmm. suggesting, like, hey, we're in a mentor relationship, even if you don't know it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Without formally saying, would you please be my mentor? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then I think it's even
2: uh, Kathy Eads, who's one of our WNRG co-chairs. I worked for her Mm -hmm. right close after I started, and... Then since I haven't been working for her, she still she would say she's not my mentor; she's my advocate, and I love that as well. Because once you get to know someone and they really know you, like they're out advocating for you and not just helping you know raise you up.
3: Yeah, we've we've had several conversations about the whole um, advocacy, you know, sponsorship, mentorship, and then um, we just spoke with uh, well on another podcast with Maria Schaefer, and mm-hmm. she was talking about her her personal board of directors. I think that's how she termed mm-hmm. it, and I thought, how, right? And yeah, th- I, I she did. That, and that's
1: that's actually part of the the mentoring. I've actually went through our WNRG mentoring mm-hmm. program. And, I mean, I, as soon as I started Humana, I hit the ground running. I signed up for multiple NRGs. I actually applied for a leadership role, and I assigned. I tried to do the mentoring program, and that's what they talked about. And I was like, what's a board of directors? Like, mm-hmm. board of directors, I don't think I'm fancy enough for that. Like, <laughs> I might have a degree, but I don't know about that. And so it just was such a learning experience in general as learning what these terms were just by definition, but seeing how the applicable process of them, too, was just so enlightening, and mm-hmm. you know how how that comes into play, especially at Humana, because we're it's such a big organization. And seeing that these people that you may not work with every day start to become like these resources for you in your career mm-hmm. or personal life or just good sounding boards. I mean, it's gonna just keep adding to your knowledge base that you have and making you a better associate.
3: Awesome. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and ask you what your best and or worst career advice has been.
2: Mm. So, this one's hard. <laughs> I had right? to think a lot about it. So, When I was graduating from high school, I'll never forget my uncle, who he's an attorney, but then, you know, later on in his career became a professor. So he always says these really insightful things that professors say. And I'll never forget he told me this. He said, success is the crossroads between preparation and opportunity. If you aren't prepared, you won't notice the opportunity. If you are, you won't be able to let it pass you by.
0: I, I like that. that. That's good.
2: Yeah. And I I think, so I'm an overachiever. I, you know, just I'm always go, go, go. And I think sometimes I do get in a position where I'm like, oh, I'm not progressing. I'm not, you know, and I, I think you have to step back and see, you know, no matter what you're doing, no matter what role you're in, you're learning some skills. And if you're not, then maybe you need to find another opportunity, whether that's another role or outside of work with a nonprofit. Um, But I think, you know, when I think about my career and where I see myself going, it is hard for me to say, oh, I'm going to have that job one day. And these are the steps I'm going to take to get there. And I think when you look at just how things progress at Humana, you just the change is the one constant. You never know what's going to happen. And so I think being prepared and then also being open for that opportunity. I think, you know, some cool things could happen and maybe you'll end up in a role that you never even imagined, but it's just perfect for you
3: has the has the wnrg played a part in in the opportunities that you've been given or you know the places you've chose to walk through how has the wnrg played a part in that
2: so i think what i've struggled with so i'm i'll be 30 this year so i'm i'm sort of young and i get that a lot and i think even as a woman you sometimes you have to say you have certain experiences in order to get to that next level whereas And I hate to be this way, but I just see it a lot happening Mm -hmm. where sometimes you see men where it's like, oh, they have potential. They can do it. And then they get the role, whereas I feel like I have to have that direct experience. And so I, frankly, haven't had a lot of experience managing big teams in my job. But if I can say, oh, I have a committee of five people and we work together to put on these big events that 600 people attend, you know, and I just that's huge. And, you know, if I see myself being a leader one day you have to be able to get up in front of audiences and speak and you know I get to do that through the WNRG and so it's just being able to put these different skills on my resume that will help me at the next level I think is just huge.
3: And when thinking outside of the box too, one time I I was um, going through the questions when you apply for a job and it has like the couple three or four questions like baseline questions before you get to the screening and one of them was about like Teams, how many do you manage? And I'm like, well, I mean, if the answer is no, I don't manage this many people. How do you get to the point where you ha- you can mm-hmm. put yes? I mean, how do you get the opportunity to get there? But you have to start thinking outside the box, and you have to start thinking about these these opportunities, like well being opportunities, energy opportunities, where you can get that experience and use that um, rightfully so yes. in an interview situation because it's just it's it's just not this linear. Process no. sometimes, you know, like oh, next job, oh, you know, check the boxes, next job, and you're right. Men will they tend to have the potential, and I'm air quoting mm-hmm. if you can see me, uh, without having the direct experience. And sometimes we do have to get a little creative. Yes, um, and, and it is just a fact of life.
2: Well, and sometimes you also, you know, have to go over to a different area, maybe take a lateral position, and just learn a new skill set, and that's going to benefit you in your future. You know, as opposed to just okay, I'm going to just stay on this path so I can manage more people and I can get to the next level. Well, if you go and get another experience and then maybe, on, like you said, do something else where you're managing people so that you'll be able to have – in the end of the day, you should have a role that's more interesting or more – a leader role, you tend to want to have a lot of different experiences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to also, I just add in a quote. Like I pulled a whole bunch of quotes that were just kind of warm, fuzzy and like career quotes, but it says, don't just follow the money when deciding on a job. Look at the career opportunity as a whole and put yourself in the best position to win in the long term. Oh, and 100%. I, I really feel it's kind of just what has been echoed throughout like just the this podcast and through some of our other speakers that we've listened to.
2: Yeah. I mean, even like my My role when I started in the group three years ago, I'll never forget, I had just graduated from my MBA. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a big raise. Like, I just (laughs) got my MBA. I'm getting a new job in this area that, you know, has a lot of, you know, exposure to senior leaders. Like, surely I'm going to get, you know, a 10% raise, something. No, 6%. And I was, like, devastated. But, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, okay, well, at the end of the day, this is benefiting me more. It's all going to pan out. But it is hard. You have to sometimes think about that experiential factor.
3: Well, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I've been here seven years. And, I mean, when I first started, salary and compensation discussion was extremely taboo. Like, it was, it was a well-known fact. You don't talk about it. You don't share what you make. Like, it was something that was a little bit scary at the time. So I like to see now that throughout the seven years, we've seen some evolution. We're having the conversations. We have a new system coming in place, you know, workday that is going to increase the transparency. Um, so I guess we just have to keep talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the only way these issues kind of get resolved is if we're not afraid to have these hard discussions.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, reading, I don't know if it was Lean In or something else, they gave a really good perspective on, you know, ask for that raise mm-hmm. and maybe say, you know, as a woman, like, I have to ask for this. And I think yes. that's a great way to be, you know, instead of saying, you know, I, you know, putting it all on you to saying, as a woman, because even I've found, you know, I, I've known men that are like, oh, I'm about to have a baby. I need to ask for a raise. And they do. And as a woman, we're like, oh, you know, can't do they're that. like, oh, you have a husband, you know, you can manage that. Yeah. And so it's just saying, being able to say, well, as a woman, I know that we're paid less and so I need to ask for this raise and I need you to consider it for me.
1: And something that Cheryl brought up in one of her, her TED Talks that she did was like, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And that's why she ended up talking about women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was just amazing. Like, what would you do if you weren't
3: afraid? Well, go ask for that raise. Mm-hmm. I did it once. I Well, going into a new role, I asked, because I've I heard, you know, like, you're, when you go into you're a new role, you're supposed to. to. It was such a hard no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, was, I've gotten no so no many times. times. I, was, I had it written down. Like, I knew what I was going to say, and I did it with confidence, and um, they were like, yeah, that's not happening. And I'm like, man, it's not going to stop you from doing it again in the future, mm-hmm. but it was a lesson in humility.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough, and sometimes you wonder if you approach it in a way that I know what they're going to say instead yeah. of... I'm going to get this, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all in the mindset sometimes. And and I and I remember something you were saying earlier, Elizabeth, about how um, it's kind of like tooting your own horn when you said something to the effect that um, uh, during an app on an application, it may say how many people do you manage. And well, I don't have any direct reports, but I have a committee of this many people. Mm-hmm. And you know, you do have to think outside the box sometimes, and 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 it could be very difficult. So to me, that resonated when you said that, that there is so often that I'm I'm reading that very black and white. How many people do I manage? Well, I don't. I'm not mm-hmm. a manager. You know, I'm not a leader of, I mean, because if anybody sees, I don't have any any names under any direct reports. So, but to your point, and I think that's a really smart takeaway for folks that, um, you know, there are things, whether it be in the workplace or outside the workplace that you do have committees, mm-hmm.
1: and so when you go grab that coffee with that friend and just start talking about what it is you do, And yeah. I think it's a really good opportunity to be like empower each other, which I've been all about lately—just empowering each other and empowering everybody else. I mean, That's
2: why you're doing this web, this podcast.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm about. So, how about the worst career advice?
2: Um. I don't know if I have any specific worst career advice. I will say what I have learned in my journey is trust your gut. I think I've been on situations where I've come out of a meeting or an interview and thought, oh, it just didn't feel right. I don't know. But I think as a woman, I I tend to discount my feelings sometimes and say, oh, I'm just being emotional. I'm sure It was fine, you know, and I go along with it anyways. and. And then it just didn't work out. And so I think um, I have to trust my intuition and be okay with that. But then at the same time, be okay that as a woman I am more emotional sometimes. And sometimes I have to tell my, my the people I work with, I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm having a rough week. I'm tired. <laughs> You're just going to have to bear with me. Um, and then uh, just being patient. I mean, I think some people say – you know, when I started in public accounting, they're like, you just have to wait and get to the next level. Like you're going to your career. They basically told me that if I left before I got the first big promotion that I was not going to be successful. And I but at the time, like I had no work life balance. I was not happy. And so I took a role with Humana. And, you know, things have turned out okay. (laughs) you know, and I'm much happier where I am. I don't think if I'd stayed and taken that path, I would have ended up in a job that I liked. So I think you have to trust your values and and your instincts.
3: Absolutely.
0: That's when you reflect back and think, I'm so glad I didn't get that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, exactly. It really wasn't made yeah. for me. I think I wanted that role. Yeah. I think I could have contributed to that role. But I'm so glad it ends I did up being not. a blessing. Sometimes, sometimes Absolutely. things happen that you
2: don't want to happen, and you mm-hmm. look back and you're like, "Oh, that was yeah. for the best." Uh-huh.
3: I, I remember at first, though, when I first started with Humana, just being so anxious to move, so anxious to get to that next step. Mm-hmm. And as as time has gone on, I definitely have a greater deal of like patience and respect from where for where I'm at. And it's like I always think about Mars, and I'm not even kidding. And I always think about how every role I'm in or every experience through NRG or whatever it may be, you're just adding. Adding skills, adding experience, adding everything you can to your backpack, and, you know, also putting, like, words to it or putting value and meaning to it. So everything I do is bringing value to Humana. And so now at the end of the week, I don't know if I shared this, but I send – this is how I bring value to the organization, to my boss. And so I list out my business segment. I list out Humana as a whole. And I just really quickly put some bullets there of how I've brought – you know, I've improved and increased value at Humana because all these things that I was doing was kind of just fading away, you know, and it wasn't anybody else's responsibility to bring it to the table. It's my responsibility. So that's, you know, and she's awesome and super receptive to receiving it and always sends back awesome job or whatever. But I needed to like put it out there. That's so great. I
0: love that. It's like your personal journal. It is. Yeah. she's, She's
3: tucking it away in OneNote, which... Side note, one note is the best thing ever. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want her to use that at the end of the year when, when she does her performance yeah. reviews in um, instead of having to dig She's through saying, really I know she does a lot, but yeah. I don't know what she does. Well, and
2: how many of you, I mean, I know I'm guilty of this. You get to the end of the year where you're typing in, like, your oh, performance, and I'm like, I know I did a lot this year, right. and you have to think yeah. back. <laughs> and then you don't tend to do it justice because you're no. not in the moment of, like, oh, gosh, that was really hard. Right. And, yeah, no, that's such a great idea. I love that.
1: I mean, talk about a ray of sunshine <laughs> as it's snowing. Like, well, I yeah. know. In Pennsylvania.
3: Oh, too funny. Absolutely. It's exciting. Yes, we can do it. it. Takes everybody. So, anything else you want to share? Anything else that kind of burning that you want to touch on?
2: Um, you all are doing a great job. <laughs> I think this is awesome. If you don't know these ladies, you should. They're so, you all are so energetic. And I'll just never forget, Tara, you coming up with this idea. And I just think it's amazing. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to a podcast for 10, 15 minutes? Is that what it is? It's great. And Brittany, for those of you who don't know Brittany, I mean, she just came in and took over (laughs) she's made our sharepoint site so much better and i just think
0: so techy. yeah she's taking care of this side of it it's great and then podcast carmen's
2: always just so positive (laughs) and willing to do anything and get involved so i just i I just can't you know encourage you all enough to get involved in energy no matter what it is i think it's a great way to get to know other people at Humana outside of your job, get to know other different, you know, career opportunities at Humana. And, you know, like we talked about, just build skills that you don't in your job. And it's sometimes, you know, I'll have a really busy day, but I don't mind staying an extra 20, 30 minutes to do to my WNRG task because that's, that's so what's, true. that's what I'm passionate, passionate so about. True. It keeps that me going. So yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. And we're lucky again that mm-hmm. our, you know, employer supports us you know, doing this and spending some of our time in it. So encourage you to get involved. And, you know, if your employer isn't, on, if your, you know, manager isn't on board, you know, maybe you need to talk to them and just show them really what the value could be to you and to Humana. And
3: I say, it, if, if you want to learn more about the NRGs, go forward slash NRG. We'll get you there and list out all of the eight fabulous network resource groups we have.
1: And if you are ever interested in learning about some opportunities that the WNRG does have for our current membership, that is on our SharePoint site, go slash WNRG, and it is over in the right-hand column. Those are going to be our current list of offerings that we have. Or you can reach out to anybody on any of the committees or leadership team, and just raise your hand. Say you're interested in, you know, participating in something, and we would love to help find the opportunity for you. Awesome. Thank
0: Anything you else? all. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We were so yes. happy that you came out and, and visited with us today and shared some insight and some inspirational message uh, for us and our membership and our associates. You're so that-
1: welcome. Glad to be here. And that's it for this episode. Let us know what you want to hear about on our WNRG best page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG podcast series. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.